With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Episode 189 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast. Coming to you, as always, on the Midtown and Rebound podcast network on the Fans First Sports Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you with a brand new podcast this week. We are breaking down the NBA Finals. We looked into some Knicks news to talk about. Not a ton on the burner, I have to say, and it's not a surprise, not a ton going on. Everyone's focused on the NBA Finals, so we will be as well. We'll touch on the NBA Finals. Series is tied at one game apiece, going back to Miami for a big Game 3 tomorrow night in South Beach. So we'll just dive in. First two games of the series have been very interesting. Make no mistake about it. Again, just one quick note. We will be talking about NBA draft stuff with the Knicks coming up. There will be plenty of Knicks news and speculation to talk to. But I'm looking at headlines. I'm looking at different articles. A lot of speculation. Not a ton of hard-hitting stuff to get to with off-season news and notes. We touched a little bit last week on different head coaching moves and stuff like that. On the On the whole, on the whole, when you look at what's been going on with the NBA and things like that, away from the court, away from the finals, not a ton to really dive into. I mean, the last headline I wrote before I hit record was that Taylor Swift, who recently you know, broke up with her boyfriend, was spotted with Austin Reeves. And, uh, and I realized, you know what? Maybe we should wait and <laughs> talk about uh, off the court slash Knicks news when it gets a little bit uh, you know, more juicy coming up in the next couple of weeks slash episodes. So for this week, we're keeping it on the court. We're keeping it to the NBA finals and two good games to start off these NBA finals. Again, it's a, it's a situation where Denver's trying to win their first ever NBA championship. It's their first ever trip to the NBA finals. And they end up getting a one, one split at home in the first two games. The heat are actually the first team this postseason to win in Denver. So it's a pretty huge accomplishment. The other thing to keep in mind as well is that Miami has now gotten a split in every series they've had on the road. And of course, that's been all of them. They're the eighth seed in the East. They have gone on the road for the first two games of every series and have gotten a split. So we're talking about Milwaukee, New York, Boston, and now Denver in the NBA Finals. Extremely impressive And the Heat have a very big opportunity with the next two games being in Miami to really take control of these NBA finals. And 
listen, game one went about as to the script as it could have been. I thought Denver outclassed Miami for all 48 minutes. Bam Adebayo had a very strong game, although he was inefficient. 26 points on 25 shots isn't great, but he was really the only one that brought any offensive pop. Gabe Vincent was was decent, 19 points. Highsmith had 18 off the bench, but Jimmy Butler had a really poor game one. He only had 13 points and seven assists. Not nearly good enough. On the other side of things, Denver, again, they were in complete command basically from start to finish. They had a 17-point lead at the half, and I believe they're up by 23 going into the fourth quarter. Denver gets 27 from Jokic, 26 from Murray. Uh, the Joker had a triple-double in his finals debut. Uh, four of the five Denver starters were in double figures, and Bruce Brown had 10 off the bench. So Denver rolled in Game 1, and it was kind of what I was anticipating. You know, Miami was coming off a brutally tough series against Boston. You go into the altitude against Denver, where going into the first game of the series, I believe Miami had lost six straight. In Denver, seven then if you include game one of the finals, and they were outclassed. I mean, they looked tired at times in the first half, didn't look up for it, made a little bit of a run in the fourth quarter, but the damage was done, and the score was misleading. Frankly, Denver won by 11. They could have won by 30 very easily, and and Miami, uh, I wouldn't say, again, it was only one game. It's, It's always tough with the finals. You want to be very careful to not exaggerate after one game, but it looked to me, in all seriousness, that Denver had landed a big early blow, and not that Miami was going to struggle to get back into this series, but I did I did think, going into game two, that Denver, if they can win this game, puts a ton of pressure on Miami going back to South Beach for game three, because now it's 2-0, Miami hasn't faced that yet, and you got to they're they're getting a little drained maybe getting a little tired but game 2 i mean game 2 is where we're going to talk about the bulk of this podcast i mean we'll look ahead to game 3 as well no question about that but game 2 for denver really is a huge missed opportunity massive 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 missed opportunity and it all kind of started in some ways in the second quarter where, yes, Miami comes out, they win the opening quarter, but you still kind of felt like Denver was going to gain control of the game at some point when they started hitting some shots. And in the second quarter, Denver retakes the lead. Not dominant going into the half, but you kind of felt like now they can go on from here and win the game. And and Denver in the third quarter, I mean, they win the quarter, shout out to Joe Missoula, but they don't put the heat away. And I thought that was a bit surprising. I mean, again, Miami's a gritty team. They're going to fight you to the end. Boston, the Knicks, and the Bucks have all been subjected to that in this postseason. But it just kind of... It just kind of felt like a situation where Denver almost almost didn't think Miami was going to come back in some way. They almost kind of took their foot 
off the gas pedal and maybe underestimated the heat a little bit. Maybe that's a little bit harsh, but the way Miami played in the fourth quarter was inspiring, frankly, and they never gave up. Denver, I kind of felt like, let them back into the game and and in turn let them back into the finals with their fourth quarter performance. Miami outscores Denver by 11 in the fourth quarter and completely erases the deficit. And an eight-point lead turns into a three-point win for the Miami Heat, a 111-108 victory. I mean, two players right off the bat that deserve a ton of plaudits. Duncan Robinson had 10 points. All of them came in the fourth quarter. Had some huge shots in the latter stages of the game. Gabe Vincent was was Miami's leading scorer at 23 points. Was tremendous. Jimmy Butler didn't shoot the ball great, but he had 21 and 9 and defensively came up with some huge plays as well. Bam Adebayo almost had a double double, had 21 points. So it's it's one of those things where it was a collective effort as it's always been for Miami, but kind of what happened more in the Knicks series as opposed to the Boston series, it was the timely buckets, the buckets that. You know, where it looks like Denver's going to maybe build the lead back, and then boom, Miami hits a shot. Boom, Miami gets a stop. Things like that. And they took over. Absolutely took over in the fourth quarter. And again, Adebayo, Robinson in particular. I mean, really, Duncan Robinson. I think even Bam Adebayo said this after the game. The fourth quarter comeback doesn't happen without those 10 Robinson points. I mean, those were really the key to turning the game around. And then the rest of the group, the rest of the group followed, right? And people were saying after game one, you throw away a Bam out of bio performance and Gabe Vincent plays well, you throw all that away. Well, Denver had 41 from Jokic in game two. With 11 rebounds, you throw that performance away. Jamal Murray had a double-double, 18 and 10 assists. That ends up leading to nothing. I mean, at one point, Denver had a 15-point lead in this game. Denver was up by 15 in the third quarter. And and again, I wouldn't want... It was a little bit different than game one. Game two, it didn't feel like Denver was in as much control as game one. I mean, game one, Denver outclassed Miami. It never felt like the Heat were going to get back in it. But late in the third... There was a little bit of a window that was left open, left slightly ajar, and led by Duncan Robinson. I mean, what a performance from him, starting to re-earn that money that he got paid a couple of seasons ago. He absolutely pulls Miami back into this game, and then the rest just kind of went their way down the stretch, and the Heat got out a three-point win. I mean, you you have to applaud the Miami Heat. You really do. The, the way they have fought all season long, all postseason long in particular, I mean, these are the games that win you finals. These are the games that save seasons, that define legacies. And I have to say, on the court, Duncan Robinson was the fourth quarter catalyst, but this win also has Eric Spolstra's name and fingerprints all over it. He just pushed the right buttons down the stretch. And 
a really good Denver team that just doesn't lose at home in the postseason, literally doesn't lose at home in this postseason, doesn't quite fall apart at the end, but they have it ripped away from them in the final 12 minutes. And Miami turns an 0-2 hole into 1-1. Let's take it back to South Beach and take control of this series. And now all the pressure's on Denver. And, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to kind of jump in after the first two games. What's so huge about getting a split, doesn't matter who who's playing, right, in, in these postseason series, the huge part of getting the split is that now all the pressure is back on the favorites, quote-unquote. The team that has home court to start the series, they now have just had all the pressure forced back onto them. Because now there's two games in Miami, and the Heat have a game in their back pocket. It's not like an 0-0, and we're fighting at the beginning of the series. It's 1-1, and if Miami wins game three, now there's big trouble. Big trouble for game four. So game three is paramount for Denver. They've never been here before. Now, to be fair, most of Miami, Miami's team has not been here either. They've been here in the bubble, not been here, you know, in, in a normal NBA final setting. But regardless, you know, to be fair to Miami, they've played for the Larry O'Brien. Most of this group has played for the trophy. So you have to give them that little bit of experience. But for Denver, I mean, this is uncharted territory now, right? It's 1-1 NBA finals. You have to go out on the road. Every series, I believe, to this point, Denver's had a 2-0 lead going on the road for Game 3. Minnesota, they felt great going into Game 3, which I believe they won, and then won the series in five games. Uh, Second round, they had Phoenix. They had a 2-0 lead in that series. To be fair, Phoenix, with some unbelievable shooting from Booker and KD, clawed their way back to 2-2, but then Denver absolutely smoked them in game five and six, especially game six. They just bulldozed them in the Valley of the Sun. And then they swept the Lakers. So so this is arguably the most adversity that Denver has faced all, all season. I mean, all postseason, certainly. I mean, besides that game five against Phoenix, and they were at home for that game, this is the biggest dose of adversity that Denver has faced in this postseason. They've lost home court where they've been so dominant in the postseason. And to win these finals, they're going to need one, maybe two in Miami, depending on how this all plays out. Now, again, if Denver wins game three, they're feeling great going into game four. Maybe could steal it and maybe go back home with a chance to win a championship. But game three, Miami is going to be ready at least five minutes into the first quarter. It'll take some time for them to sit down. But they're going to be ready. The Heat on the floor are always going to be ready. Can't doubt that. It's the crowd I always get frustrated with. They never show up on time in Miami. But listen, you know, I digress. This is going to be a heck of a series. I said Denver in six uh, before the series started. And, And listen... You know, before the series, I heard quite a bit of Miami is going to get swept, you know, for maybe a gentleman's sweep for Denver. This is why you don't count out a team like the Miami Heat. It's a very dangerous game. 
to count out a team like the Heat. They find ways to win basketball games. And I have to say, I I feel like this is probably going to be three, I beg your pardon, 2-2 going back for a chance to, you know, you know, Denver hosting a big game five for, you know, whoever goes up 3-2 wins this series kind of game five. You know, this feels like it's going to be a very tight series the rest of the way. Now, if anyone's going to kind of take charge and go up 3-1 and maybe win it in five, I think it'll be Denver. But I have to say, game three is important. Game three is so huge for the Nuggets if they can get it. Because then they can quickly gain control back in the series and then really test if Miami's got enough left in the tank. Because if Miami wins game three, they're going to be roaring going into game four. And then the series could get away from Denver. But if the Nuggets can win game three, return, you know, return serve here and steal the road game right back and regain home court, I don't know if Miami's got another punch that big left in them. Game two, I, that that's a game that could take a lot out of you, that kind of an effort. Game three feels very important. And I, I don't want to say game three wins the series for whoever wins it, but it, it's a huge opportunity for both teams. The winner has a chance to really dictate how the rest of the series plays out, especially if Denver gets it. If Denver gets it, I think they could go on and win it in five or six. But if Miami wins game three, I think this easily goes six or seven, and Miami's in very good shape, very good shape to potentially win these finals, no question. So it's up in the air. It's very exciting. Uh, I I, I just want to say, and there's not much left because, again, uh, like I said at the top, not a lot to go on off the court. I don't want to talk about, you know, stuff like Taylor Swift, Austin Reeves. There's NBA draft stuff to get to. There's There'll be some Knicks news and NBA coaching stuff to get to, no question. But for the time being, this is going to be a really good finals. We're owed a good finals as well, no question. And I I really do, I really do feel like we could have another really strong, maybe seven game series here. This does kind of feel like it could go back to Denver for a game seven, winner take all. And if it does, I, I it could be a coin flip kind of game. You know, it really could be. So game three is tomorrow night, and. It's going to be epic. It's going to be really fun. It, it's one of those things, right? When the finals get set, you know, you worry sometimes with markets like Denver and Miami, if it's going to have a hype around it and stuff like that. This series has just gotten some hype around it. You 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 can kind of feel it taking up a few notches after Miami took game two away from Denver. Now, all of a sudden, we've got a series. It's all up for grabs. Let's see what happens in Miami for games three and four. Because again, if Denver had held on, you can kind of make the case, now Denver just needs one. They just need one in Miami and this series is over kind of a thing. Now it's up for grabs. Miami's made this a series. I kind of expected them to in some way to make it a series. Maybe not this early, but here we are. 1-1, let's do this thing. Go back to Miami for game three. One last little finals note I want to mention before we get out of here. It's really just a a minor point. Tyrese Halliburton had a great tweet, and it's not something that's been touched on as much as I wish it was, but he talked about the fact that there's, 
you know, there's no Larry O'Brien trophy on the court. You know, the decorations, the pageantry, even the scoreboard looks a little small and stuff like that. And when I was watching game one, and this is well before this tweet came out, I actually remember thinking back to myself, like, this almost kind of feels like a regular season game, like just another playoff game. This is a finals game. Why doesn't it feel like the finals? You know? And then Tyrese Halliburton so eloquently puts it in that tweet. Where's the where's the pageantry? Where's the Larry O'Brien uh, decals on the floor? Where's the gold trim? The the pageantry and the royalty that the finals provides. You know, yes, we're seeing the the great shots going to break of the history of the finals from Magic and Bird to MJ and Kobe and Shaq and and LeBron. That's the Spurs teams, the Warriors teams. That's, yeah, it's great. We we get that. That's that's a given. When the game's going on, when the great plays are being made, there was just a few times for me where I kind of thought, oh, kind of doesn't feel the same. Doesn't feel like a normal finals atmosphere, finals game. Just very odd. Just very, very odd in some ways. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's too late for them to do that in this series. I, I wish they would. It, it would feel big like it normally does. But I don't know. Just doesn't just doesn't have that same feel at times watching these first two games, especially game one. Game one, it just kind of felt different. Not didn't feel the same. You know, not not because it was in a new building that's never seen a finals game. It was because it didn't feel like there was the pageantry. It didn't feel like there was the the essence that Larry O'Brien trophy is waiting for the victor. You know, that kind of a that kind of a feel. But we'll see. Again, the 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 plays on the play on the court is fully backed out that this is the finals no mistake about that but just that you know that little those little details have kind of been missing in the opening stanzas of what hopefully is going to be a great nba finals shorter podcast uh this week as far as what the full episodes normally are it's going to vary going forward when you know we're not going to try and force it with the new network here and i like that we're just going to do what we can talk about what's there to be talked about and then we'll bid you adieu on this week's episode of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast. I will try to get you another episode this week, probably after game three or game four of these NBA finals. It's been a lot of fun so far. Plenty of stuff to get to. And then, of course, offseason NBA stuff is always a lot of fun. So plenty coming up on the show. No mistake about that. Follow me on Twitter at SJ7 or at FansFirstSN to keep up to date with all the podcasts around the network and every shock shock Knicks podcast that is released multiple times a week until then enjoy the nba finals hoops and we will talk to you all next time on the shock shock Knicks podcast on the midtown and rebound podcast network all a part of the fans first sports network